Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Morning guys, how are you doing? My name is Kevin, as Phil said, I'm originally from the Philippines. Um, you know, I've had a, we've had a great weekend. Hannah and myself went to this Filipino festival yesterday in Nottingham. It was great. I mean, I had loads of food. <laughs> Hannah was a bit anxious that uh, she was going to lose me in the crowd. And I, <laughs> and I said, darling, if you lose me, I'll come and find you when I'm ready. Um, so yeah, um, so we're, we're sharing from our favourite songs. Uh, it's, an ama- it's an amazing journey, isn't it, really? Because it's, uh, it, it's a window in terms of like, our background as a Christian, and, you know, our journey uh, in, in what God has done in us. And I've picked my favourite psalm mainly because as a kid I remember uh, memorising this psalm and you know, I just, there was something about it that like, grabbed a hold of me. It, there was something about it that... Uh, just captivated me. And it's Psalm 23. You guys would know it well. It's a psalm by David. And I'd like to read it, uh, if I may. Uh, I'm not going to preach from all of it, but I think it's worth a read. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start from verse 1. This on the screen. It says here, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, you're rather than your staff to comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What great verses. I remember memorizing this um, you know, as a kid because you know, my, my grandma would bribe me to memorize my memory verses. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying no to money, grandma. But, so, and I remember <laughs> memorizing this. And, and there was something about it that just brought out something out of me, if you know what I mean. You know, I mean, I'm as, a, as a kid, I didn't really know much about God, but I remember these verses, there was just something about it that um, influenced my soul. Because yeah. looking back now, I think the reason why this verse, uh, I gravitate towards this verse is because this is what God has done in my life. And right. what I mean by this is, you know, this is a psalm by David, who um, he was a shepherd, shepherd boy, um, and then he got anointed to be a king. And I'm not saying that, you know, I got anointed to be a king, but I felt like God has, you know, lifted me up to another level uh, and to another level. And I'm thinking, God, why are you doing this, you know, for me? And, and this is simply because he's a loving God. He's, he, you know, he's a great dad. And, and I honestly believe this is a word for everyone that if you want to follow God and, you know, want, you want to go on a journey to get to know him, that he, you know, God wants to elevate you. From a place of insignificance to influence. You know, because just like David was, he was overlooked so many times. You know, his dad kept saying, you know, they were looking for the next king. And basically his dad said, well, you know, what about my, this son and this son and this son? And then the prophet basically goes, you know, no, not, not these guys. Have you got one more? Like, yeah, well, you know, it's not really special. Like, you know, he, he kind of, he's a bit dirty because he's out with the sheep. You know, he's, you know what I mean? Like, he, he would have been overlooked. But actually, God looked at him and thought, you know what? I'm going to raise David up from insignificance to influence, from being overlooked to a place of overflow. You know, that's our word for this year. And, and you know, and, um, and, and I find this true in my life because 
there's no way a guy like me should be doing the things that I'm doing. <laughs> you know, like some of the things that I get to enjoy, there's no way that a guy like me should be doing it. But yet, here I stand, not bragging about it, but I'm just so thankful that God has used me. You know, and, and I think that God wants to elevate us. Not so that, you know, you could brag about it and you can load it, about, you know, load it over people and think, you know, I'm God's favorite. But actually, I think the reason why God wants to elevate you is because he wants you to bring light in dark places. He wants you to bring hope where those people are desperate and broken. And, and that's why God wants to elevate you. Not for your own benefit. And you know what the greatest thing about it is that when, when you can add value to another person, that's the greatest pleasure in life, I think. Then when you can see somebody who didn't really think about anything of themselves and then you bring you know, value into their life and all of a sudden they start to believe they're actually precious, that God loves them. It's, it's so fulfilling, guys, honestly. And, you know, and I say all these great things and you might be thinking, but that's, that's cool, okay, but those sort of things... They happen to, you know, certain types of people, you know, and it doesn't happen to everyone. Like, you know, they, you know when, when you see somebody successful and you think, yeah, but they're, the, they're, they're those kind of people. They're just, they're just born successful, aren't they? Or so we think. Anyway, you know, when you look at somebody and when, when we see their kind of like success, you think, yeah, that just, they're just right place, right time. They just happen to them. But actually, if you look at David, you know, it's hard to resonate with him as a king, but... If we join him on his journey as a shepherd, there's a lot more, there's a lot more common ground, isn't there? Because as a shepherd, in that context, they were the guys who were considered the lowest of the low. Um, you know, that they were often overlooked. And that's why the Christmas story, you had kings and shepherds because God was trying to draw a contrast. The most important people and the not so important people. And they, those, those were the shepherd. And, and I just imagine, like, as a kid, David, you know, you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm just minding my own sheep, really. You know, I'm just kind of looking after what I've been uh, given. Never in his wildest dream would he have ever thought he'd be a king one day. But yet, God didn't, you know, didn't look at his current status and they actually lifted him up. And I believe that the reason why God could lift him up as a king was because, because David acted and behaved like a king before he was a king. He didn't wait for the promotion. Like, I get so many people, people my age, you know, and this is not a, a, a generalization, but people go, well, you know, if, if you give me the promotion, I'll do it. If you give me, you know, if you, if you show me the money, I, I will give you the, you know, the service. It's like, no, God doesn't work like that. Because I believe that when David was looking after the sheep and he was protecting them from, you know, from uh, bears and lions, that God saw that and he could trust him. And, yeah. and from these verses, I think it gives us great insight to why God could trust him. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 1, if you could get it up again, please. That would be great. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And that word shepherd, I, I love that because... We don't know when David wrote this psalm, but it was probably in his later years when he wrote this because he was, he was talking about when he, was, when he had enemies and he had loads of enemies when he was a king. And I love that he was the most important person in Israel and yet he could say, actually, I'm just a follower. 
You know, the reason why I'm a great king, you know, people would have lavished him with so many great accolades, but the reason why I'm a great king, guys, is because I follow a great shepherd. And the first thing, the first reason why I think God could trust him is because David let God lead him. You know, so many, so many decisions that we 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 do when we just make it out of our own, you know, gut feeling. That's not not necessarily wrong, but sometimes we make too many important decisions and not involve God in it. And then, you know, and then it comes back, and then somehow we blame God and we think, no, if we had involved Him in the first place, then maybe we wouldn't be in that situation. And that's why I think God could trust Him because David. Let him take the lead. And I love the following verses because it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's a hard life, isn't it? Making you lie down in green pastures. It was almost like play on words if you, if you, if you see where he's getting at. Because he was like, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. Because you know, the, the word sheep sometimes have, has a negative connotation, doesn't it? You know, people, oh, you're just a sheep. You just follow. Yeah, no, it's a tough life. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Yeah, it's, tough. it's a tough life, guys, honestly. <laughs> and that's what he was trying to get at. Like, actually, lead, you know, following God is better than leading on my own. That's what he's saying. And the next one is, and this is possibly harder than the first, and he let God love him. He says, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. You know what I've noticed with a lot of people? They're allergic to people being nice to them. Like, you know, if you wanted to just bless them, they want to try to pay you back. It's like, no, I just want to bless you. No, do you want anything for it? No. Like, I want to pay you back. And I'm like, no, like, I just want to bless you. And people, they try to earn it, don't they? That's what they're trying to do. And... The crazy thing about it is we do this same thing to God. God just wants to bless us. And we go, no, God, I, I want to pay you back. Like, I, I want to do something for you. And God's like, no, I, I just want to bless you because I'm a good dad. You know, not because you're good, but because I'm a good dad. And it's like, um, you know, Jesus said that it's, better, uh, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, the crazy thing about this is this, I've, what I've realized is this, that when you refuse to be blessed by other people and by God, you're robbing them of the pleasure of blessing you. You are. You know, and, and if someone wants to bless you, just learn to accept it. And the crazy thing about it is this. Some, some of us, most of us, are good followers, but we're not good at receiving love. Honestly, I've seen it so many times. And what happens is this. So we're good at following things. And what it is, it's just religion. Because if, if it's just following rules and regulations, that's religion. And what happens is our relationship with God becomes stale because it's all just following rules and regulations. Here we go again, God. I'm doing this everything for you. You know what I mean? And it all becomes about what you've done for God rather than what he's done for you. <laughs> but I think David understood that actually, you know, the reason why I get to do a lot of these things is because God loves me. And I, and I just want to... You know, challenging that. You know, if, if your relationship with God has become stale, maybe because it's gotten a bit too complicated. And, um, you know, and out of all David's accomplishments, you know, we're talking about people admiring him at his time. Like, you know, we're talking about a guy who 
People talk about him as the greatest, arguably the greatest king of Israel. You know, a giant slayer, great you know, songwriter, musician, right? you know, Justin Bieber didn't have anything on this dude. Like if the, you know, if the charts was around back in his day, he would be, you know, 130. <laughs> He'd be, you know, you wouldn't move it because he's such a prolific writer. But, it's, you know, those accolades, I honestly think there's one thing that stands, there was one description that the Bible calls David that stands out from the rest. And it says here that he was, he was called a man after God's own heart. I mean, what an incredible, incredible compliment to anyone. And I think the reason why God um, called him that, well, it's not because of the things that he's achieved, because God made him king before he achieved anything. You know, when he was still a shepherd boy, when he was, he was a nobody, really. When he was overlooked, you know, insignificant. Um, I think the reason why God called him that is because David knew this thing that actually, for me to be successful, my, my relationship with God just needs to be simple. It doesn't need to be this complicated thing that I'm, I'm confused, I can't explain it to somebody else, and I get so tired of it. And that's why I think God could trust him with so much authority and so much influence because, well, number one, like I said, David allowed him to lead. He just said basically, God, I know I'm the king, but you're my king. You're the one, you're the one who makes better decisions than me. And the second one is, you just let God love him. You know, in spite of all the things that he's done, you know, no doubt David would have messed up along the way. David would have let God down. I'm pretty sure of that. But I think he realized, actually, it's not about what I've done, but it's about what God has done for me. And I just want to invite you that, you know, if, if that's you this morning, that if your relationship with God has grown stale, hey, let's get, let's just take it back to the start. Yeah. Just let God lead. You know, let's just got to take the lead and let's God, let, let God love you, you know, because he's got so much uh, plan for your life and I honestly believe that that he wants to elevate you from a place of insignificance to influence there's so many people in your life that needs to hear that there is a God who loves them there is a God who has got a purpose for their lives and um, and I pray that you would uh, take that to heart God bless you guys how are we all are we all okay Brilliant. I've just got a bit of advice before I start because there's an elephant in the room right now. Any of you guys that are con- considering, you know, your hair, you're losing your hair, things like that. This, this week I read a Bible verse. It said, be bold and courageous. Don't take it literally. Please don't. <laughs> I want to say that we, we honestly belong to such an awesome church in Arena and, you know, I, I can't thank the leaders. I can't thank you guys enough. I don't see this as my church. I see this as my family. And that, that is such a privilege to have. And, you know, we have great leaders. Thank you for the opportunity for, for letting me speak this morning. I want to pray before we start. God, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for Kev and what he's already brought, Lord. I pray that what he said will sink deep into our hearts, all of us, God, that we'll all take something away. God, I thank you for the stories that you've given us. Thank you that they are powerful, God. And I pray as I share mine this morning, God, your words will remain and not mine, Lord. I, I, I speak and confess that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I pray freedom this morning. Amen. 
So as Phil's already said, I'm, I'm Jono. I'm part of the youth team here. I, it's a privilege to, to lead them on a Friday night. It can get hard, but it's awesome, isn't it, guys? You, you all know. Yeah. I'm married to Annie, who's obviously the one that jumps around on the stage every, every Sunday. And let me say, honestly, at home, it's no different except she's got a paintbrush in hand. <laughs> Everywhere is just painting. I'm not lying either. And uh, Annie is obviously Christian's daughter, which means I get the privilege of seeing our pastor in his pants. <laughs> Sorry, Christian. <laughs> not Phil yet, anyway. I'm not flipping out. <laughs> So my, my psalm today, quickly moving on, is, a, is one that is it's literally my life in a psalm. And every time I read it, it reminds me of two things, how forgiven I am and how loved I am. And you know, without, without that, without being reminded of that, I can slip so much into arrogance, slip so much into religion, so much into entitlement. It's something that I need to be reminded of so much, and it's Psalm 32. And the whole point of... This message, I'm going to tell you before I start, and it's what I believe God is wanting every one of us to know. It's this, finding freedom is freeing. Now, we, we have these things, we have these statements, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. And they can become almost like just statements that we don't think about. But I'm only 25, but let me tell you, I've, I am finding freedom and it's freeing. It's something powerful about that. And that's what this psalm is talking about. Hands up if you've ever been bound by something. Anything ever held you back? Yeah? I would honestly say most, if not all of us in this room, have been bound by something in your life. And, you know, the thing is, if I started to list these things off, if I started to say, stand up if you're struggling with this, stand up if if you're watching this, stand up if you're addicted to this, it'd get embarrassing, you'd get shut off, and there'd be pushback, wouldn't they? And here's why. When we aren't free, we carry a burden that affects every part of our life. And I've been there so much. So in Psalm 32, it says this. Verse 1 and 2. Oh, what joy for those whose rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. How many of us want that? Yeah, we all want that, don't we? You know, my story is, not too long ago, this was not my life at all. In fact, it was the complete opposite. I lived my life the way I wanted to live my life. Anyone else know what that means? Whenever I felt like doing something, I'd do it, regardless of what what anyone else would say. And you know what? It didn't work. People say that that Christianity, you're you're almost bound by all these rules and regulations. I want to say today, when I had no boundaries, I was bound these, these boundaries that God gives in this book, they honestly, they are designed specifically for us to live the best life that we can possibly live. And I'm, I'm stood here today, testimony of that, honestly. And here's the worst bit. Don't judge me. This did not stop, stop. All these things that I was doing did not stop when I first came to church. They did not stop when I first gave my life to God. The, you know, some of the things I'm still working at today as well. And instead of these two verses, the next two verses is what my life was. Verse 3. When I refused to confess my sin, I was weak and miserable, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me, 
My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. You know, the only way that I can describe it is walking around with a backpack full of bricks around my back. No matter how much I tried to get rid of stuff in my life, these issues, no matter how much I tried to do things my way, I was carrying this backpack around me constantly. And I know there's people in here that that have felt like that and feel like that today. And you know what? The guy who wrote these verses felt like that too. What Kev said already, this is, this is written by a guy called David in the Bible. And David was a leader of na- a nation. He wasn't just a leader of a small group or a church or a denomination. He was a leader of a nation. This is a guy who God said, as, as Kev said, a man after his own heart. This guy looked like he had everything together. Basically, picture Mr. Chris on the front row with an armor, with an armor and a staff. That's David. But on the other side of things, I'm not coming over here for any reason, don't worry. On the other side of things, this guy was a guy who, he, he looked lustfully upon one of his most loyal soldiers' wives. He slept with her, he, he had a baby with her, he tried to hide it and realised that we can't hide things, everything will work its way out in the end. And he actually ended up getting this guy killed. Now we think, our guilt's bad. Imagine what David felt. Surely... There was no way back for David, right? And this is where he wrote these verses. You see, the stress of a double life and hidden sin caused David to feel old, oppressed, and dry. But we've got some good news. It would just come out of this series in in Universal called uh, Hashtag Struggle is Real. And we we put this hashtag in front of everything to make it look cool, obviously, and that... (laughs) And the reason that I, I tell you that is the theme verse is one that really struck me hard. And it's 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 from the message version. And it says this. Sorry. It's the message version. No one's heard of it, have they? If I had my phone, I'd be able to. Yes, mate. Yeah. 10.13. Thanks, mate. Great. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Summing that up, honestly, it is freedom is possible. You might be in this room, and I've been there, and you might be thinking, I can't get free of this, this thing that I'm thinking, this thing that I'm doing. How can I possibly get free of that? This verse is summarizing and saying, it's possible. It's so possible. And you know what? There's people around you right now that sat around you that have been through the same thing, that have found freedom in that, and they want to help you too. And if there's one thing that I plead you to remember today it's this whether you're not a Christian or whether you are no matter how far you feel you've gone it's never too late for God you see God's grace is never ending love to those who don't deserve it is amazing it doesn't make sense that's how good it is it doesn't make sense you see how can God possibly call David a man who who'd done all that rubbish stuff a man after his own heart without something that's in between the two that doesn't make sense Personally, how can God call me with a past like I have to stand on this stage without something 
that just doesn't make sense. And this is God's grace. And you know, God's grace calls us to live free. This is good news. There is a better way than living with guilt, condemnation, unforgiveness and burdens. God wants us to live free. And I hope right now, because my mind, I'm thinking of stuff in my mind that I need to be free of. I hope right now that every person in this room is thinking of something that they can take the next step in becoming free in. And you might be thinking, how can I live free? Verse 5. Finally, finally I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will. Everyone say, I will. I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Verse 6, therefore, and this is coming from a man who has been forgiven of so much. I read a quote this week. It says that the best relationships are built on forgiveness. Therefore, let all the godly confess their rebellion to you while there is time. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. And this, this whole picture is, let's just imagine for a moment, England win, win the World Cup. Let's just imagine. And, and Gareth Southgate's there in the middle, and you've got the team all around him, shouting and pra- praising him, saying how great a job he's done. You know, that is what happens when we step out and say, I'm going to become free of this. We're surrounded with songs of victory. Such a good picture. You see, the, for me, the moment I ask for forgiveness from God... And ask somebody to walk with me through these issues is the moment I first found freedom. And I want to be bold this morning and say I couldn't have done it just by confessing my sins to God. There was something that had to come from me stepping out and getting somebody else around me. James 5.16 says this, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Anyone want to be healed this morning? Well, this is your answer. You see... I believe there's two elements when we mess up. First is the act. We do something wrong. We mess up. We might watch something. We might say something. We might do something. But secondly is that we hide it. And I believe as we deal with the second, God will deal with the first. God will forgive us. We bring it out into the open. We say, I need help in this. I'm sorry, God. God will deal with the first. We don't have to work our way towards God and his forgiveness. It's given to us freely. And how do we do that in arena? We do that the way that Jesus did. We find freedom in groups. And honestly, it really does work. I can promise that in front of everyone here. It really does work. So this is your next step today. If you're, if you're not a part of a small group, today is your day. As you walk down the stairs, go to the resource or put your name down. We don't just do this to have a holy holder. We do this because we know that this is how we find freedom. This is how we don't live with baggage on our lives anymore through groups. And for others, and this is how it worked specifically for me, we, start, we find someone that we can walk with, someone we trust, someone that we know is, is for us and not against us. Ask them to go out for a curry or go out for a, a pint or a, a coffee. Just ask them and get open and honest with them. Be, this is what I'm struggling with. Can you help me? Can you pray for me? And the Bible says that we will be healed. But you know what? It will start with you making that decision. Verse 5 again, I will confess my rebellion and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Fast forward to verse 8. And this is a promise for all of us. The Lord says, I will. 
I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. You see, he has a plan and a purpose for everyone, specifically designed for you and for me. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you. I will watch over you. You see, God rewards your I will with his will. And you know what his will is? He has plans to prosper you. He has plans not to harm you. He has plans to give you a hope. He has plans to give you a future. You see, when, when I confess my issues both to God and to a friend, these bags of bricks that I was carrying around with, one by one they started to come out and I could walk around in freedom. You know, especially as a man, I felt weak and I felt vulnerable. But God works best in weakness. In fact, his Bible says it is power is made perfect when we are weak in, his, in our weakness. So Arena Church, as I finish, what does this look like for all of us? Imagine all of us with this, and this is possible. An army of people completely free of guilt and condemnation. Nothing unnecessary holding them back. An army of people who know forgiveness at its best, therefore who share God's grace and forgiveness throughout this town, this area, this country, and this world. An army of people who know God intimately, who are finding and spreading freedom, discovering their purpose because God is guiding them along the best path for their lives and making an amazing difference in their world. From my short 25 years of my life, I want to say finding freedom really is freeing. Thank you.